Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Ventures podcast. I'm Penny Lubinsky, and I'm the host. And today we have two really awesome guests. We have Bill and Steph Ryan. They are actually a husband and wife investing team. Um, they got married in 2018. They purchased their first property locally in New Jersey in 2019. And in 2020, they purchased a quadruplex, getting them to a total of five units. That one was actually out of state. And um, they are looking to expand their portfolio further out in 2021. So guys, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes. Pleasure is mine. Um, so it's funny because we've had uh, a couple of guests that have been like doing this for like 20 years and they have this massive portfolio and it could be super intimidating for some of the listeners. And I feel like it's really great to have you guys on. Um, you guys have five units, which, which, which is totally awesome, but it's not that intimidating, like 20,000 units doing this for 30 years type. So I feel like a lot of the listeners will be able to relate more and almost like picture themselves where you guys are in, you know, just a little bit of time. You guys have built this portfolio pretty quickly. So, you know, I, I'm just hoping this will be quite helpful for the listeners. Why don't you guys walk me through how you got started in real estate and what kind of led you down this path? It really started, I guess, before we got married. We decided to start saving as much as we could. Um, we both lived at home with our parents, so that made it a lot easier to save. So we saved a ton of money before we got married. And then after we got married, we had all this money in our checking account, um, you know, in the bank. And we decided we don't want it to just sit there. We need to do something with it. So for me, you know, I thought that I could be the next uh, Joanna Gaines. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that maybe we could flip houses, right? That seems like fun. All the shows on TV or, you know, they have fun doing it. They make money. So we, we started researching it and started looking and we actually found one deal that we almost closed on. Um, but thankfully that deal fell through yep. because that led us to buying and holding. So we got our first property in 2019. Um, it was just a single unit, one bed, one bath. Um, and then a year later, we got a little more aggressive. Yeah, expanded on that. <laughs> Uh, decided to go out of state. Um, and then we got our four units, our quadplex in Louisville, Kentucky. So we just closed closed on that just a couple of months ago. September, yeah. Yep. And Welcome. that's that's it. And here we are now. We have five <laughs> units and we're ready for more. Cool, cool story. So you just when when you're mentioning the the fixing and flipping shows, I heard this actually on a bigger pockets podcast where um, they had somebody on from, from one of the shows. I don't remember which one it was. And he's like, guess what guys, like when we're breaking through a wall and there's a pipe there and we smash the pipe and it leaks all over the floor. He's like, that was actually planned. For, uh, yeah, you know, I believe you know, it. For, right. For I wasn't purposes, ready for something like that. They got to make it interesting. They got to do that. So right. Right. Um, as much as it is fun to watch, but I don't think it's a hundred percent accurate. Like it's not a hundred percent exactly the way, like you know, people watching like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do exactly what they do. And it's going to go exactly as planned. And, and this is going to happen. So. Right. Once we got into it, we realized it's a lot, you know, scarier than they make it look. It's hard for two people to take on a project like that who have never done it before, both working W2 jobs, you know, so we got a little bit, I don't want to say cold footed, but you know, the deal fell through and luckily, you know, we changed our investment strategy to be more of a what we thought of safer investment where we don't have to open up walls. You know, we're just going to buy 
a buy a unit and rent it out immediately and start cash flowing right away. Beautiful, nice. Um, let me ask you guys, how did you guys educate yourself? Because I know like you can't just decide one day to buy a property and then the next day go and purchase one. Like there's actually an education process. Like everyone has different ways of re reading or listening or going to meetups. Like how did you guys find the best, was the best way that you guys were able to educate yourself? So at first, our first property, we really didn't know much at all. We just thought it was a good idea. We just kind of dove into it. Steph's a little <laughs> more uh, risk taker. So, so she was all into, you know, spent, like buying a property and having a cash flow. To me, I'm an accountant and that was a little bit more of a nerve wracking move to make. Um, but after she, you know, sat me down and kind of talked about what investing could do and like what the cash flow could do for us. I kind of got more and more into it. And then once I started educating myself, I started reading as many books as possible. I think that's the easiest and one of the most cheapest and efficient ways to do so. And then after I read, you know, a few books, I was like, okay, I'm in for this. Let's go. I'm all in. And we just decided to, you know, why not take a risk? Yeah. And then we found bigger pockets, yep. which obviously, the most amazing thing in the world for us. Super helpful so, for, for, rookie, for yeah. rookies. So we just dove right into that, listened to every single podcast, read every single book that they wrote. Um, so then after that first property, we really started to get into it. And then we actually took a real estate class at the beginning of uh, 2020. Yep. So we're in the process of getting our real estate licenses. Um, but that made us even more interested in it. And we've just been... <laughs> like crazy about it ever since. Cool. And I'm actually, I'm thinking now, like how many people can attribute their success to bigger pockets? Right. <laughs> I feel like that and right. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Those two. Right. Yeah. Cool. I, well, that's one of the books that I read. And once you read that, you know, you kind of get the, you know, the financial background or thought process going of, you know, buying so-and-so product to look great isn't an asset. And then that does not help you in the future. So that changed our whole mindset. Interesting. So it sounds also like that was a little bit more like just jumping, jumping into things a little bit quicker. Yeah. Bill, you were a little bit like, wait, let's take our time. Let's, let's think this through a little bit more. And it's funny. I see a lot of business partnerships actually work that way. There's almost like the, the, the guy that moves fast, the person that moves fast needs the other one to sort of right. like even things out and they, they both need each other. So it's interesting. And I feel like one person going alone you can get caught up in like this analysis paralysis and like if you don't have that that person you know pushing you to just go and, and get it because you're never going to know everything and you're never going to be a hundred percent ready for this and and nobody is and people that are investing for 10 years are still not a hundred percent ready for their next property but at the same time like you need someone to go ahead and and push you into this and it's it sounds like you know a good a good match between the two of you i'm That's curious funny. What's funny is that after we bought the first one, it was kind of my idea to move out of state, and which is a, uh, like a, obviously a riskier move. And, uh, you know, Steph was kind of the reserved one. So it's like we flip flop back and forth on, on who's risk taken and who's, who's going to settle the yeah, other one down. Yeah. Okay, do you guys like make up beforehand? Like, okay. Yeah, we flip them over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny okay so when you're you just mentioned something that i want to touch on a little bit like you you did your first you guys live in jersey correct yep. yes 
Okay, and you did your first property locally in Jersey, and then you went on and you went to Louisville, Kentucky, right. uh, where you did the quadruplex. A, how did you find Louisville, Kentucky? Did you like just like like there's so many places on the map? Like why there? Two, I'll let I'll let him take that one because he's the one that found it. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, like like Steph said, and I'll try to be you know quick about this, but like Steph said, uh, once we we dove into the first one relatively quickly we knew it would cash flow but we didn't know you know all the calculations that you know were involved in you know owning a rental property um but luckily it's still a good deal it was still cash flowing so we figured let's go let's do it after that you know we really started to dive into the numbers and you know obviously at buying another property we had a little bit less on hand after that cash on hand so i was just trying to figure out where our money could stretch the most um, I did a ton of research, a ton of networking. You know, I, I came across, you know, a couple websites, a couple informational websites where the Midwest markets, you know, are very cash flowing, you know, today, if that's what you're looking for. Um, I did research on a few areas and just settled on Louisville based on the numbers that they have, the prices, the cash flow, my networking that I've kind of built up. And, and it was, uh, it's just, a, it's a great market, I think. And as far as making that transition from investing in town to out of town. I'd love to hear more about that because a lot of the listeners, I'm sure struggle with this because people are like, I need to be able to go look at my property. I need to be able to touch it. I need to be able to watch and see what's going on and make sure it's still there. And investing out of state sometimes can be scary for people. Um, Who do I find? How do I know I can trust people? And like, how does that work? So I'm curious, like, how did that work for you guys getting the quad in in, uh, Louisville? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would love to go see my property every day. And I would love to go see, you know, what, how it's standing, how the tenants are taking care of it. But uh, a few things that attracted me or us to the property was that one of our, one of the tenants in place, a long term tenant for for like 10 plus years is uh, a handyman. So he takes care of the house, uh, the apartment building as if it's his own because he's lived there for so long. Um, So that's obviously great. And I think the more that you give up the idea of trying to, you know, be in control of every little thing about your rental property almost benefits you more because it's just less hassle, right? The whole idea behind investing in rental properties for us isn't to be landlords, right? Being a landlord is, is basically another job. Um, but it's really for, you know, cash flow. It's for future, you know, appreciation, future cash flow bettering, you know, your, your future, uh, wealth now. Um, so the idea of almost going out of state kind of enticed me because that means I have to delegate everything. I have to find people to do everything, which is better for me. Cause that means I don't have to do it. You know, you may have to pay a little bit more, but I don't know. It takes the, it takes the, uh, you know, the hands on off of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it requires a lot of phone calls and and dealing with other people and trusting other people out of state. But so far, I mean, it's been working out pretty well. You know, if there's an issue, we get pictures sent to us. Um, Yeah. Every, every person that goes in, every contractor that we have who has done done something for us, you know, I asked before we even, you know, get to the next process, like, Will you, do you mind taking before, during, and after pictures so we could have it? Um, and then I always talk to our tenants and ask them the same thing so I know that they're sending us what, you know, the true pictures. 
And, uh, you know, it's just been working out. I think the more that you network and the more that you open up and discuss with everybody, I think the more people just kind of go on board with everything. Yeah, I agree. Right. And I like that because I feel like if you were to have a property on the next block or if you would try to build your portfolio like super local, um, kind of like what you're saying, like it would almost like handcuff you because you would feel like, oh, I could just totally do everything myself because it's right here and it's so easy. And because like what you're saying, because you're doing it far away, you're being forced to find those systems and right. do it the right way. And that will allow you to scale and get into acquisition mode and leave your, leave your skills more high, higher level uh, to be able to grow your portfolio quicker. So yeah, I, I really love that idea. And, and that plan makes so much sense. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> to be as hands I mean, off as possible. <laughs> right. And if we've turned out to love out-of-state investing. So yeah. for our next investment, we're looking out-of-state again, most likely in Louisville again just because it's so far worked out so well for us. So. Right, right. Cool. Um, okay, I'm curious, you guys have done a one unit and now you've done a quad also. Um, what would you say are some of the pros of one compared to a quad or the pros, like which, which one is better? Which one has worked better? Which one did you enjoy working with more? And what are you focused on you know, going forward? So a couple things that I could think of would be that the quad cash flows better than the single. Um, what else? Well, I, I like mean, you would have more. The uh, like the obvious takeaway is that you have one tenant versus four, right? So you have the potential of one person calling you for an issue versus four. So obviously that would make like the one unit more, you know, uh, ideal for Maybe people who don't want to deal handle. with yeah, easier to handle. But I mean, what I liked about the four unit is that one, obviously it's one mortgage, you know, you're getting four rents under one mortgage. I think that's huge. Um, uh, there's only one of, you know, one roof, one building. So tech theoretically, if you replace the roof, you're kind of helping, you know, four tenants out with that one switch. Um, I, I think that from my experience limited as it is, I would only continue to kind of go into the multifamily section mm -hmm. for now. I think it's just a, ca a better cash flowing perspective than a single unit. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, we've had more issues, I think, with our <laughs> single unit than we have with the quadplex yes. so far. Yeah, we have. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <Not going away. laughs> exactly. Just wait till this podcast ears. Things could be totally different. Yeah, right, right, right. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I found that also. So I went actually and purchased a one family unit in Pennsylvania. And, and during COVID, I started hearing about all these like delinquencies and vacancies and all the problems landlords were getting into. And I, was, I got really scared. I was like, I only have one unit. Now, obviously, the plan was to build up a bigger portfolio, you know, two, three, four, five. And, um, but once I saw what was happening to other landlords during COVID, I kind of switched my, my game plan. I was like, I can't rely on one tenant. It's just, it doesn't feel safe. Like I need a bigger insurance policy. So what you guys did, what, going out, getting a quad and having um, a bunch of tenants, four tenants in, in one property, like that really does allow, it does give you that insurance policy that if, if one is not paying or or is vacant, you're still making money on the property or at least covering. So it, it's a really good plan for that. Yeah, you bring up exactly. a, a really good point. I don't know if you're going to say this, but uh, if if two of our tenants vacate, we actually are still netted zero. So we're breaking awesome. in. Right. So you know that was a huge you know 
plus for us where if two if 50, if we're only 50% occupied we're breaking even so yeah. that's like that's you know you don't have to worry about the one tenant leaving i think that's i think that's a great point you brought you just brought up cool okay question um, as far as funding these deals um, how did you guys how did you guys fund them is this did you have cash in your own bank account did you use partners or how are you going about this so for our first deal it was just our cash. Yep. We had cash on hand that we had saved. Um, so we just strictly used that. For the second deal, we actually brought in my sister. She took the real estate course with us. She thought it sounded interesting that we were doing it. So she hopped on board. Um, and then we told her we wanted to invest again. So she was all about it. Yep. So she came in with us for the second deal. So she's actually 50-50 partners with us um, on that four unit in Louisville. So for that, we used, um, you know, we had some bonds saved up. So we used some bonds, some of our own cash, um, and then my sister um, as an investor. Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of Done used a, a couple bit. different, you know, ways, I guess you could say, of financing, a couple different ways of, you know, getting the money to finance. Yep. Mm -hmm. Got it. Cool. And I feel like that's also something that, like, with experience, like, you're able to leverage you're, you're able to start leveraging more other people's money for your deals, which gives you a better return on investment. And I feel like the reason why probably your sister started trusting you on the second one, um, as opposed to the first was because you sort of needed a little bit of a track record. And I feel like a lot of people probably experience this where you start off, you almost have like have to start off with your own money, or let's say, you know, really your parents a really close family. And then once you build that track record, then more and more, you know, friends and, and right. know, some other relatives or people will start investing and trusting you. And that's where you guys are starting to be at the part where you can start to leverage other people's, you know, income and other people's money to get you better returns on your properties now, which is, which is super cool. Exactly. So we're hoping to partner with family again for our next deal. Um, and then we'll go from there. But yeah, at this point, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a, a good way of, you know, partnering is a great way to obviously network more and just, you know, like you said, use, use, you know, combine money to, you know, leverage your leverage properties. Right. And help out, you know, family members or friends that, you know, they, want, not, right, they, they want a little extra cash flow each month and they have money sitting in the bank. So, you know, why not help them out? and take them along for the ride, I guess. <laughs> right, right. It really is a win-win. It's a win-win for yeah, everybody yeah. involved. I mean, when we showed her, when we showed her sister the numbers, she was like, I'm in. Like, I don't, uh, like, what else do you need from me? Because this um, this is great, obviously. You know, I don't know. She's, she's like, I don't obviously know the whole world of investing. You guys have more experience than us. She gave us, she put our trust in us. And so far it's been working out. Mm -hmm. Right, it's an interesting concept because um, I actually, I have a paid mentor that's working with me now because I'm trying to move into the multifamily space and we were talking about capital raising and he is, is extreme, like he really is going in with the belief when he's going to capital raise for his acquisition um, that he is doing the investor the biggest favor by letting them into his deal. He's like, I have a phenomenal opportunity for them. And like, I just like, I can't get to enough people. And he said, like, he's obviously doing this for a while. And, and like all of his investors, they're all return investors. But like he says, like, and they all look at it that way as well. They're like, oh, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. So it's not like you're begging. It's not like you have no, to. No, 100%. You're presenting oh, an investment opportunity to them. And I think that for all the 
new people listening or the new like the rookies listening, I, I had this hurdle too. You know, you're not, like you said, you're not begging for money. You're literally presenting a, a, an investment opportunity just as if it was a stock or a bond or something along those lines where, you know, you know that you could generate money off of their money. Are, the, are you interested? Are you interested in making money? Because I could do it for you. Right. I'll, be the best guy. I'll be the guy. <laughs> I'll be the vehicle to give you more money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's an awesome mindset and it's true. And it's 100% true. Yeah, I um, agree. All right, I want to ask you this question, and I want to start asking my guests um, more frequently this question. How many deals did you have to look at to get your first deal? Ooh, oh, the first one? Oh. Yeah, around. Ballpark number. We, we A decent amount, but not as much as the second deal. Yeah, I want to say maybe... Also, we were jump hungry. Like, we were hung, like we wanted to get into the game. So, I would say... I, I would know. say maybe 10 for the first one. Which is, like, um, nothing. I that's, mean, we, that's we, really we always, yeah, <laughs> we always searched online a lot. But to actually go and visit places, we actually went to see a lot of places the first time. So, maybe about 10. But yeah. also, we didn't really know what we were getting into. So, the second time we were we probably searched hundreds and since then i've probably you know analyzed hundreds of deals yeah i would would say we're a little bit different than uh uh you know the the majority of maybe the listeners because the first one we went in like guns blazing you know we didn't even really kind of like steph said know what we were getting into we know we we wanted to invest and we know cash flow but that's really it uh, I wouldn't recommend that to everybody, uh, but uh, it's not, you know, so that's not your business model going right, right, right. Right. Our, right. Our whole business model has drastically changed since then. But I will Good. say, I will say that I am so you know proud of us is the word because if we didn't do that, I don't know if we'd be you know where we are now. Right. You know, it's interesting. And like, I always think of this whenever somebody like loses money and you guys did well on your first deal. And I'm really glad. But whenever I hear a story of somebody like going into their first deal and losing a little bit or breaking even, I think of it literally like this, like real estate is a really, really good business and you can make a ton of money in it. And for every other profession in the world, people go to college and they lay out and they go into debt thousands and thousands of dollars. They're investing years of their life. And for some reason, they have this idea that real estate, there should be zero education, zero learning curve, zero time involved. Like that doesn't make sense. Like it only makes sense to have a learning curve to maybe screw up in the beginning once. And and I'm not saying that you should, and obviously everyone should be super careful and, and, and do all your homework. But I'm just saying like, whenever I hear that somebody, you know, struggle a little bit at first, I think of, okay, so you went to college big deal great right exactly that really makes so much sense and i mean we're not making a lot of money on this first place that we bought um but i think we'll make the most money from it when we go and sell it i think that's when we'll really see a return on our investment with that one but at least we are getting some money monthly and you know we're not losing money on it so you know overall it was a great investment it was mostly a a, a learning curve yeah, for us yeah. it, it, you know it got us into the game and it got us learning about real estate so it changed our whole life to be yeah yeah right and i would say like you just said uh steph that the biggest point of getting that first deal is that it got you into the game that's it like congratulations you guys, yeah, right. Right. you've done it you're in the game you speak to brokers now you can say you have a deal it's massive it's huge and it's the first step that leads to so much bigger and better things so yes. super cool and kudos to you guys um, all right, let's move on to the final four. 
Um, I don't know if you both want to answer the questions or one of you, you guys could, I'm going to ask it and you guys do whatever you want. All right, that works. Okay. All right. We, what, have, we have two different thought processes sometimes, so we might yeah. have to two different times. From you, I'm going to hear it moving slow. From you, I'm going to hear it moving right, slow. Right. Um, all right. So I see you guys are super motivated. You guys are looking to acquire properties. I have no doubt you guys are going to grow a lot bigger in, in 2021 and you guys have major plans. What is your why behind all this? That I would think we probably have the same why. Good. Well, let's um, find out. Yeah, I would say really, I know everybody probably says this as their why, but I would say really the financial freedom, right? Just being able to retire from our W-2 jobs early, um, you know, be able to give back to our parents, um, to be able to travel, you know, just to be able to, to live comfortably um, and enjoy life without, you know, having to worry, I guess you could say about money, you right. know, and just being able to enjoy life. And we, we find real estate so much fun. So, you know, to be able to continue doing that, it's just fun for us. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's more, I think it's, you know, getting, you know, getting paid theoretically for, you know, just not doing much, right. Just owning a property and, you know, being right. the landlord and dealing with all that stuff. Uh, not a lot of people want to do that, but you know, when the rent checks start coming in and you know, you're, you're not at a nine to five working for somebody else, it's nice. It's a nice feeling. And it's a kind of a way to grow your own wealth without having to, you know, go labor around for somebody else forever. And I, I feel like, people can appreciate what you guys just said a little bit more, even now, like now, now times, like during COVID, so many people are being laid off and, and like somebody could be working for a job for 30 years or 40 years and yeah. their boss could like get pissed off at them in one second and they're gone. Like it's they're, 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 it's like nothing is in their control. Their career is not in their control. It's in the hands of their boss, their director. And, um, or it could not even be that. It could be the, the, the business is suffering and they need to lay people off. You guys are taking control of your own destinies. So you're pretty much, you're putting the ball in your court and it's going to be in your control, which is, I think, really, really cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where I saw it, but the question was posed, like, if you lost your job today, how long would you be able to provide for your family? And that was what changed my whole thought process. You know, if I lost my job today, I would have some rental income, but not enough, right? So that's kind of where I was like, okay, well, if I could get more, then I don't have, then that would be my, you know, I could answer that question more sufficiently. Got it. Cool. Um, what is your favorite book or books? Okay. So we definitely have two here. So my favorite book would be The 12 Week Year by Brian Morin. Oh, never heard of that one. And yeah, it's it's really great. It um, I just heard about it on Bigger Pockets recently, and then I jumped right into it because I, I was so interested. So what it does is it breaks the week uh, breaks the year up into I guess you could say quarters. Um, so that's thirteen weeks, but it really stresses the twelve weeks of each quarter and planning goals for those twelve weeks. And then that that thirteenth week is used to kind of celebrate your successes and relax, and then recoup for the next twelve weeks. Right. Yeah. So it just I don't know. It just you know when I heard about it, yeah, I just I dove right in because <laughs> I just I thought it was great. And since I heard about it and read about it, I just 
I've been all about it and I got our goals yep. listed. Yep. You know, it, it helps you think about the year. Um, into parts. Yeah, into parts. And it's not so scary and you don't think about December. Like right now I'm worried about till March, right. you know, and, and then it. I can worry about my next goal. So it, it's, I don't know, I've loved it so far. I think it's definitely a read, a must read. Yeah, and I like, I like, uh, Thinking Grow Rich. I thought that book was really well written, um, and it kind of just changed my whole, again, my whole mindset on uh, you know entrepreneurship and just building my own business. And I'm always under the mindset, you know, if somebody else could do it, I could probably figure out how to do it. And that kind of book kind of kicked me, kickstarted me into, yeah, let me start figuring out how all these other guys are doing it. Right. I'm actually in the middle of that book right now, Thinking Grow Rich. Um, I, I got distracted by a couple of other books, but yeah, it's hard to I agree. It's a little bit of a hard read. It's a little yeah. bit, it's a little bit like long. Um, all right, cool. And I really love the idea of like breaking the year up like into chunks because like it could be daunting like to, to look at like, oh my gosh, where am I going to be at the end of the year? I heard on the radio that by, I, okay, don't quote me on this, but it was somewhere <laughs> around this range. Um, by January 6th, I think 95% of New, year, New Year's resolutions were broken. And they brought in some, I don't know, professor to talk about like why that is. Like, why are people so miserable <laughs> at right. keeping to gold? And he said, it's because it's literally because they, they shoot for the stars. Like they go yeah. for goals that are way too big and way too far out. It's like, yeah. I, in three years from now, I'm going to be whatever, whatever. Like, no, first work on this week. First yeah. work on this right. month, this quarter. Exactly. And then exactly. It, here. it so, makes it seem like it's more achievable. Like, oh, by March. Oh, I could do this by March. And, you know. Yeah, like if you have a yeah. goal to buy two properties, you, the first three months are saving for the property. The next three months are searching for the property, you know. So it's kind of, it's, it's it, you don't have to wait all the way down the road and say, all right, I'm going to buy two properties by the end of this year. It really just breaks it up into the, sec the sections on how to get there. Cool. I love it. Um, all right. What advice would you give somebody just starting out now in real estate? So I would say to save money. That would be my first thing. So if you're not comfortable using somebody else's money um, and you just want to get started simply on your own, start saving. Just save as much as you can. Start learning about real estate. Um, and then, you know, once you've saved a decent amount, you could really start looking for your deals. But I would say you definitely have to start with saving or else you have nothing to, you know, buy your deals yeah, with. If you're a real rookie, then you need kind of your own, you know, some, some kind of money to leverage into these situations. I think that my advice would be to educate yourself because we jumped in so fast and, 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 you know, if I maybe would have done it differently if I, if we, if I knew how to crunch all the numbers, but you know, maybe we wouldn't have bought that. So I would say educate yourself, but also, if you have a deal and if you have the money and you know it's gonna be, you know, you're confident in your numbers, I would say pull the trigger because if you don't, you won't do it tomorrow and you won't do it the next day. And I think that just jumping in is the scariest thing in the world, but you gotta do it. 100%. Um, all right, what are your favorite hobbies? Oh, that's, that's fun. That's a fun question. Yeah, I like going to Yankee games. We like going to Ranger games. We like going to breweries, wineries, anywhere that we could watch a sporting event and have, uh, you know, a <laughs> beverage watching it would be 
considered a hobby. Yeah, I would say. I would say so. And that's the New York Rangers. That, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not baseball yeah, Rangers. Right, right. <laughs> right. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully 2021, you're going to be able to go to Yankee games. And yeah, that would be great. Exactly. Um, I'm actually a Mets fan, and it's killing okay. me that I haven't right. watched them for this long. But um, I think uh, 2021 is going to be a good year for that. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, guys, um, where can people reach you if they have any questions or just want to connect? I'll let so, that handle <laughs> We're on Instagram at Rolling in Rentals. And that's it. That's, that, <laughs> that's where we are. Send, yeah. us, send us a message. Um, questions. Anything. If you want to yeah. just talk. We had somebody reach out the other day. And we just got on a Zoom call and literally just talked about real estate for 20 minutes. And, you know, they were so happy and so like appreciative. And we were, we loved it. You know, we just spent 20 minutes with total strangers talking about real estate investment strategies. And, you know, it was just, it was a cool thing. It was, it was kind of like a, oh, look at us kind of thing. Cool. I thought you were going to say you spent 20 minutes with a total stranger and then ended up on their podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I thought that's what you were well, doing. Yeah. Right. Okay, guys. So go reach out to them on Instagram, connect with them. They're doing awesome stuff. And uh, yeah, I'd love to um, see where you guys are headed. I'm sure you guys are really, you know, going to accomplish amazing things. And I'd love to have you back on the podcast someday. You know, when yep. your portfolio has grown massively and just right. keeping up with you guys. So right. thank you very much for joining. I appreciate you adding so much value for the, to the podcast and to all the listeners and uh, wishing you guys tons and tons of luck. Thank you, man. Thank appreciate you. it. All righty. Take care.